Blog Talk Radio. intro there. Somebody was screwed that up. I'm rusty, Larry. I'm rusty. (laughs) (laughs) Tim Roof. So, I'm Larry. Larry. (laughs) Yeah, you weren't ready for Tim. Hankins was not ready. We're we're old people who listen to way too much music. Um, So, so Larry, we've got this... uh, why is the countdown? It's so I'm 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 looking at the countdown to dark, um, and they're doing some kind of weird version of the countdown tonight. Weird, weird. Um, Larry, what did you want to talk about in this first 15 minutes before Shigdi gets on well, here? Well, I had something else in mind, but then you you talked more extensively about the uh, gorgeous George video and talked about some of the things I wanted to touch on. But then something else came across the wire, so to speak, here in the in the last uh, day. I see we're going to have Tank versus Manders down in Tampa. Mm-hmm. That that's going to be and, the match. And that's happening. And then, um, and I believe Dan, Reverend Dan, is going to be in Tank's corner officially. Oh yes. Oh yes. The video is out. Yes, he calls Tank the the, the man who's um, killed more car- cowboys than Marlboro Reds. <laughs> so look out look out manders <laughs> nice um, and then and, and then we have the um the pro south trios tournament the uh, trinity uh challenge cup announced and i w- i don't know for some reason i was shocked that adrian hawkins is leading a team from anarchy into piedmont alabama i sure did not see that come of what? all the teams Hawkins, Will Caution, and Nick Halen will be in Piedmont Friday night for the tournament. What in the hell is happening? Hankins, what do you know about these shenanigans? 
found it out same time you boys did. Was shocked. <laughs> was, I, I looked at it to see if it was some kind of memory. I didn't think it was kind of live. I mean, Hawkins is not known for traveling. You know, I mean, he sticks with, his, with the shows he does. And, man, that just blew my mind that he's going over there to Piedmont leading a team of energy guys into there. I guess I somebody it. was really working the shit out of the locker room last show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess so. Brother snuck right yeah. in on me. God bless. A little wolf in the hen house. Yep. Huh. And it was, for once, it wasn't David Garrison coming in. And trying. <laughs> oh, a guys, I got the charity show, guys. For David Garrison, he is he is dearly departed from pro wrestling in Georgia, evidently. Oh my God, I know it made me sad. Um, you know, I I did love uh, putting out there that it was uh, Scott Mason that was the <laughs> the person who basically hurt his feelings. Um, he was the champion that was there, since he is the uh, what what is he at Anarchy? Is he, not the television champion, right? He's the heritage, heritage champion. Heritage, heritage champion. champion. Yes. You know, one yes, yes. of the few titles that Hankins doesn't control. You know, uh, no kidding. Uh, I mean, Scott is, you know, he's he's undeniable adjacent, right? <laughs> he's an ally for sure. For he is one hundred percent an ally. There is no getting around that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Larry, what else did you have in your in your diabolical mind to discuss what? here? Well, I I would strongly encourage people to to look at that gorgeous George video for the same reasons you encourage the people to look at it. There's things to learn there and things to take away that are still um, applicable to today's pro wrestling. Particularly, I thought a couple of the points you made about the like the the pageantry of the entrances that seems to be so lacking. I mean, I know the pandemic hurt that horribly, but even before the pandemic, who really had that? Um, other than um, Robert Roode had one, he had a great entrance. I love the Robert Roode entrance, but as far as that real grandeur. Yes, and Hankins gives a shit about his entrance. I mean, I was going to say, yeah. you know, but he gives Some a shit would say about it's the it. only thing he gives a shit about. <laughs> no, no, that's not true. You care about what you're wearing very much um, <laughs> but uh but yeah i mean in a time where i mean that was something i always did pride myself on at pcw was we were going to have presentational entrances um you know it was whether it was something as simple as marty freeman timing what he was saying about jagged edge to the music so when jagged edge came out at the crescendo of that song from 300 or it was Mason with all the witnesses or it was, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it didn't take a budget. It just took a desire for the thing to feel bigger um, and better than dude dressed in black clothes who walks out there and, you know, climbs on the second turnbuckle and looks at the crowd. <laughs> like, I mean, I would be, I would, I'm just going to be honest. I would be embarrassed to do that entrance. I would be, I was just like, I would do anything to not do it. And and Hankins will tell you how hard I worked on my entrances. You know, it was like, it was a drag show, you know, it was just like, uh, how, what can I do to make this thing bigger? What can I do? Um, And 
I would really love it. I mean, I should be looking forward to WrestleMania, right? I should be like, what are they going to do that's going to be so over the top and cool? Um, but I know what the truth is. It's like hopefully something, but probably nothing, right? So, uh, uh, Another point you made towards the end of the video was that I really love was the idea of where, where Gorgeous George slips a hold and gets a shot in on Jesse James from an angle. And you made the point that wrestling now is more like a video game. It's all linear. It's all either attack straight on or attack from behind and, and little use of, of those kind of angles. And I hadn't really thought about that, but I think it's true. Yeah. And it's one of those things that belies it being a more of a sports presentation because in sports hits happen at all kinds of angles, right? I mean, even even something like the pounce, it still happens at a 90-degree angle. It's always a 90-degree angle or straight on. And I miss those times where things just felt a little more – I mean, a, a punch to the kidney is brutal, but you don't yeah. see it, right? Um, a, a shot to the liver – like, the thing is, it would be very easy to educate people on on different, different aspects, different things. Um, and I, but everybody's just sort of caught up in doing their da-da-da-da-da. Like the rhythm of matches is very similar, and to keep that similar beat, people do things in a similar way. And I think the key is having people who really – I would love to see a clash of styles again. You know, even in like 80s WWF, that's what was so interesting is because they had all these top guys from all these different places – and then you threw them in the ring together, and sometimes magic happened just because, you know, it's like here's a guy from Mid-Atlantic wrestling someone from the AWA, and their styles are different. But they, can, but they figure out, because they both know how to work, how to make that interesting, how to make that cool. So, yeah. And, and the other thing was at the finish of that match where that they're doing, they do that deception where they appear to be just sort of tussling. Uh, and, and meanwhile, James is locking in an Indian death lock down below, and they go to the finish from there. It's like, I, you don't see that kind of stuff much in modern wrestling. No. Um, I, I mean, that's uh, what blew me away about the match. That So the spot Larry's describing is Jesse James has, he won the second fall by hitting two, like, diving, he- two, like, headbutts, followed by two suicide drop kicks. And then so he gets that spot again, but when he goes for the pin, Gorgeous George gets his shoulder up, so they're fighting to hold Gorgeous George's shoulders down, and meanwhile they're tangling up their legs, and then Jesse James can't get the pin, so he just stands up, and he's got him in an Indian death lock. And, it's, and then they go to the finish off of that. And I thought, like, that was so cool, and it showed such a level of skill. Um, that I would love to see that again. There's only one guy who does stuff that invokes that same feeling to me, and it's and I'm probably going to say his name wrong, but he's an AEW. He teams with Jack Evans. It's Angelico or on Helico, like, yeah, on Helico, yeah, yeah, yeah. He does and stuff he, like that, right? He does, yeah. He does these kind of like crazy locks and holds, but he goes into them in like really unconventional ways, and I was just like, my God. I'm like, are wrestlers watching that and going, I want to do that shit? Probably not. Like, you know, they're probably more inclined to look at whomever and just sort of go through the motions, you know. 
um, I was always interested in just doing something that nobody had seen, I guess. And I, I would love that sort of feeling to, to be around in wrestling. Like, show me something I haven't seen. Um, because when it's, whenever it's done, it's always going to impress me. It's always going to make an impact, you know. And the, the, um, the idea of the valet entering before either of the wrestlers and preparing the ring, and then the opponent comes in, and then Gorgeous George comes out. After mm-hmm. all that, it's like, you know, I mean, that's, that's so, I mean, you said somebody should steal that, and I couldn't agree more. Somebody needs to steal that. Yeah. When, when, have, you seen yeah. Any, when have you seen that? I mean, Candy Cannoli needs to steal that, right? Yep. She needs to come to the ring, yep. do stuff to the yep. ring, get the crowd like, you know, I, I, I think a part of it is a lot of people are afraid of tension building. Um, I say this all the time that the guys always want to take the air out of the balloon. They're afraid of there being what they consider to be dead air in matches and the rest of it. Instead, it's tension. You can, if you do it properly and build up tension and make them wait, um, it makes things that much better. Um, I mean, it's one of those things that's really great. Again, the undertaker is such an easy example, right? They never just hit the gong there's always a beat or two of silence and it makes the gong that much better mm-hmm. where it's just like this feeling of something might happen here. Oh, I guess it's not going to. And right when you think in your mind, it's not going to, that's when the gong hits when they, when they time it just right. And that's how you get the biggest reaction is, you know, you almost set up this disappointment and then you over deliver. Um, and I mean, it's just so great. You know, um, I have a feeling, though, because, you know, a bunch of people contacted me based on the um, full disclosure yesterday, the commentary where I talked about hope and and mm-hmm. how to instill hope and, you know, like how wrestling's roots in the carnival not only are, like, necessary to understand the reason the public at large hates pro wrestling, right, but it's also important to understand, like, Wrestling really hasn't lost its carny roots. It's just lost its carny skills. <laughs> you know? So it's just like fucking embrace the carny, gentlemen, you know, like and get some more chicks involved. I mean, that's always gonna be my rallying thing of like, God, we need more fucking women in wrestling. I just can't you know, I I'm actually loath to think about WrestleMania week. But there are a couple of shows that I'm going to be around that's like, oh, good, there's women on the card. And then more importantly, there's going to be women in the audience, which, again, I mean, I'm all for it. You know, no peace underground. I am not mad at 22-year-old hot-looking goth <laughs> chicks. You know, that's, that's a wonderful thing in my world. And it, and it definitely creates – it's a di- different atmosphere for your show, um, and it's something that you want to encourage. It's one of those things that worries me about AEW, that they've lost 40% of the women that watch the show in the last two months. And they can bitch and moan all day, but if you lose – I mean, it's like owning a nightclub or a bar or anything else, isn't it? If you don't have women coming to your spot uh, and you're not a gay bar, like, get the Chapter 11 ready. Because you need you need women at your show, and you need women. Forty percent of their of 40%. female audience is gone. Yep. 
Whoa. Yep. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it's just been nothing but blood and guts and violence. And yeah. all the pl- yeah. all, and and an endless stream. There's nothing to focus on, and there's a, no emotional depth. Everything is, I'm mad at you, and I'm turning on you. But there's no sort of layering going on of the storytelling. Um, and I love. We know I love AEW, but you know, uh, like at that last show where it was three things happening a segment, it felt very Russo esque. But all the AEW apologists were just sitting there going, like, oh, that was a great show. I'm like, it wasn't a great show. And, and 700,000 people watched that show. So it's the fourth week where it's gone down in ratings. Do, do, do you think taking the women's division in a hardcore direction with the uh, Britt Baker um, Thunder Rosa match had anything to do, has anything to do with it? That's part of it because um, a mistake that people make, especially in a thing that is patriarchal like wrestling men run it men make decisions and like it's like women in the corporate world right they don't act like women they act like their version of men you know and that's what we have in pro wrestling the women don't act like women they act like their version of male wrestlers you know same sneak attacks same everything like I love Jade Cargill and I think they're bringing her along just right but you know what about what is the difference between the presentation of her and the presentation of another impressive male athlete the answer Mm -hmm. none there's no difference between their presentation and Mm. there's something about that that shouldn't be Um, there should be a difference that's what we're celebrating we're celebrating the difference we're just not making one better than superior over the other. And I think in this effort to making sure we're making something else more important, we've made it, unfortunately, homogenized it instead of celebrating the possible differences. That's why I was excited about the Japanese women wrestlers because, you know, uh, Makaito does not act like a male wrestler. No, no. <laughs> she acts like a crazy female Japanese one. Yeah. And, you know, that's not to everybody's taste, but there needs to be more of that kind of thing, not less. There needs to be more of this, like, this is not American. This is Japanese. Or, and there needs to be more of, like, this is not the women. Like, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, unfortunately, that match is inevitably going to be oh, look, they can go just as hard as the guys can. Like, that's the standard. You're always rising to whatever standard you think the men wrestlers do when they should make their own way. Now, that's hard, and it's complicated, and it takes time, but I just want to see the effort there more than just, okay, we'll bring in better women wrestlers and we'll do better matches. But, I mean, even the rhythm of their matches is virtually identical to the rhythm of the male wrestlers. Yeah. Same spot. Yeah. Same things happen. Um, you know, Jade Cargill's athletic because she can do a kip up just like a guy. It's like, can't we do something else? Like, <laughs> you know, but anyway. Hey, uh, Mr. Boardman, do we have a guest in the, in the wings there? We have a, we have a guest from the 706. Let's try him. <laughs> Hello, this thing. Yeah. Do we have Hello? Sugar D? 
You you absolutely do. Can you hear me? Can you confirm? Yay! Yes! Yes! Hey, yes. hey everybody! I was I was I was listening to I was listening to uh, old platinum um, drop the drop the musings. Uh, I just I love anybody that talks about anything that passionately. So like he, like even if I don't agree, like he's got a passionate like not necessarily about what he's talking about, but we just need people just more passionate about their position without necessarily, like, trying to be, like, uh, like trying to trash people on it. You know what I'm saying? So that's good. Like, like I'm, I'm digging what I heard while I was waiting in the wings. But how's everybody? Good, good man. Good. good so, good, good. Chug, what, what, what are you passionate about in 2021? Tell us. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, you're asking me at a very good time. Um when I'm passionate about 2021 right now, especially when we're talking about in the wrestling business, people need to know what, like, they need to be honest with themselves what they're about. And I had that question from the moment, I had that question from the moment um, things kind of picked up with AEW to, like, even today. It's like, what are you doing? What are you about? There are some people that are absolutely about, hey, I'm going to go collect the check. That's good to go. Yada, yada, yada. That's fine. There are some people that are about the artistry. Hey, I'm out here trying to make this match pop off. I'm trying to tell this story. I'm trying to tell this angle. I'm trying to do this. That's great. Hey, I'm trying to go over here and I'm trying to, you know, pay off a few houses, do this, do that. Hey, I'm trying to be as independent as humanly possible. Um I think with a lot of conversations that I have with wrestlers, just don't say this when it's clear that you want to do that. So, like, you got guys saying they want to get out there and they want to make a name, but you you never want to travel. You never want to get in the car. You never want to email outside of your radius. If you want to be a 40-miler, it's cool, and I'm not insulting that. I'm not even being sarcastic when I say that. If you want to be a 40-miler, Accept that you're a 40-miler and be the best 40-miler that you could be. If you want to be a free agent, be the best possible free agent that you could be. Make them want to spend that money on you. If you want to go and you want to collect the extra check, collect that extra check. Be the best possible extra that you could possibly be. You, maybe you're not worried about trying to sign it like that. It's good for you. If you want to get signed, get signed. But just whole asses. I just want to see whole, whole ass effort. That's it. That's what I'm passionate about right now, whatever it is that you choose to do. And in my case, I, I care about just trying to be the best total performer that I could be. So, like, if you put me in a match that's intergender, I want to tell the best possible story that I can. If you put me in a match where it's story heavy, I want to be able to tell the best story that I can. If you put me in a match that's pure rules, I want to make sure that my stuff makes sense and, you know, it, it, it has that feeling of struggle. All I care about right now at this moment, and that's what I'm passionate about, is whatever it is and whatever lane you chose to do, just be in it and and, and go whole ass it, man. Like, we're supposed to be working the people. Don't work yourself. <laughs> you know, um, I, got a, I got a kick out of your um, Pure Rules PWX heel champion. I just thought that was such an interesting spin on it, you know. Sure, and um, I absolutely, I absolutely love that style of wrestling ever since I got to come back from the UK, and a lot of um, a lot of what I've been trying to find with myself is sometimes you have to define yourself for yourself, 
um, if you leave it up to somebody to always try to tell your story or to interpret your character, a lot of things get missing. So sometimes you have to force the things and the narrative that you want to come across. And um, with those pure rules, um, I feel like everything has to be rooted in a little bit of truth, maybe just a tad, you know. So um, I'm not playing when I said it took, like, four or five years just to get, like, noticed. It took four or five years, a whole pandemic, and getting on AEW before they decided, hey, you know, maybe we should give Sugar a regular spot at PWX. Yeah, I feel a way <laughs> about that. I, like, I, God, I feel a way about that, you know? So when I when I get out there and I'm like, yo, this is what you've been missing out on, I absolutely mean that from, like, the bottom of my soul. So the rest might get embellished the way I put it out there and the way that we tell it it is, but do I think that PWX was missing out on some great storytelling and some great wrestling that made sense for, like, four or five years because I wasn't there? Absolutely. I totally believe that. So it's on me to go ahead and give that. Okay, one more thing, and I'll let give Steve a chance. Speaking of development of truth, what you're doing with the good hand and Kevin Ryan at action. Tell us about that. <laughs> um, so when I got back on the indie wave, um, there were just certain companies I knew I wanted to work with. And the thing is, I knew I wanted to start from scratch. Like, okay. You did the Pineapple Pete thing. That's great. You know, good money there. You got the trademark on the name, yada, 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 Jericho Cruz, all that other stuff like that. It's like, but, you know, what's the equity in should? What's the equity in what you're doing it should be? What are you trying to tell when you get back? And I just remember, in all honesty, coming back to do the Pineapple Pete thing at Action, and I was stoked for the match that they gave me which with Eric Royal, which I, I really love, but um, it didn't feel like me. It didn't feel like the story I wanted to tell. You know, like it didn't feel like uh, that energy wasn't there. So um, I just got to talking, and this is where being a good booker comes into play. And, you know, me and Matt just had a conversation about some things. And I was like, what if you gave me the chance to just be honest? And he was like, I mean, how honest are we talking? And, you know, me and him go way back to, you know, the NFWA days way back in the day. And, uh, it's just one of those cases where it's like, I mean, if you like, have you has anybody ever given you a chance to just be honest about what you're feeling about the state of things, and really try to do something with it? And especially in that kind of a company, it's a hell of a thing to try because it's so old school in the way that they tell stories. So um, he gave me that opportunity, and it's like all the frustrations that I had, all the stuff that came up short, all the stuff that was my fault, all the stuff that was everybody else's fault, all the stuff that I, I get upset about because I feel like certain things didn't come together when they came together. And, you know, I could be mad about that all day long, but all I can do is keep moving forward. But I've never gotten a chance to be able to say it out loud the way I want to say it in a theatrical sense. So I did. Mm-hmm. And the, the, so he was very intrigued by that. He really liked where it was going, especially after the first promo. And it, it, a lot of it was just like, yo, where did all this come from? It's been there. It's been dormant. It's a real <laughs> part of me. Like, you're laughing, but, you know, we've had those conversations. It's like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the past year and a half, I've come close so many times. 
And whether it's my fault or whether it's somebody else's fault, I've always gotten so close, and it just didn't happen. And, you know, you can make all the jokes you want about me, or I could say that you're that could prove somebody right, or it could be disappointing because they want to see better for me. But the fact of the matter is I just didn't get it. And that's back to people just being realistic with themselves. It's like you're going to keep being bitter and saying that it's somebody else's fault or this and that, or what are you going to do about it? So in this case, in this place, they let me be a little bit real about those feelings and turn it into almost a villainous way. And um, it's worked for me, and I've really enjoyed it. And I've really taken it as an opportunity to be able to pull people in. Like, um, I'm super excited I get to work with Kevin Ryan. He's a guy that mm-hmm. I truly believe, like, when I cut that promo, and I felt like he got lost in the sauce. Everybody right now on the indies just wants to have matches. You know, it's like nobody's a booker anymore. Everybody wants to be a matchmaker. So it's like, oh, this is a cool match. Let's just go ahead and give it to him with no context. Like, they'll, they'll do a bunch of cool stuff, and then that'll be awesome, and they'll do a bunch of chants until the next cool match that we go ahead and we put out. And they forget all about that one in two weeks. You know, like, like we've never had more great matches. Like, I'm just saying, though, we've never had more great matches than we've had in the past 10 to 15 years. They're as athletic as you want it to be. It's stuff that even video games can't even recreate in some cases. How many of them do you actually remember? Like, how many of them do you actually stick to your ribs, right? Right, so, right, right. And I fear for a guy like Kevin Ryan because I look at him and he's got all the tools of somebody that could make it. And I remember when I was coming up and nobody really pulled me to the side to tell me, hey, this is where you're screwing up. This is how you could be better until I already lost a bunch of time. You're very aware of that. You've known that for a very long time. So I'm thankful for Murder One. I'm thankful for Jeremy Vane. I'm thankful for Dr. David Reigns. I'm thankful for those people that say, hey, you suck, but here's why. And then I worked on it because I cared, because I wanted to do this. And I felt like if somebody didn't have that conversation about, hey, man, you do too much stuff, but here's what you could do to fix it. And now I think he's, he's such a compelling performer, and he's only 22. He's, he's, he's only going to get better, and that scares mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. in a good way. Um, plus, the name um, Goodhand, and you might notice in some of my posts, I, I do hashtag journeyman too. Um, it's, it's a real issue because I remember when vets used to tell you, you know, show up to shows, help set up, do this, do that. You know, you work hard. Your, your eventual shot is going to come up. Stick to this. Don't do too much of that. Yada, yada, yada. And it's like we're seeing now with a lot of changes, a lot of those rules don't apply the way that they used to apply. And it's almost like for some people who are still trying to follow that, it's like they've been lied to. So yeah. I kind of look at things like that, and I, I think of a time when a good hand used to be valuable. And now it's like a backhanded compliment. A journeyman mm-hmm. used to be somebody that could go from territory to territory, make money, see different things. You do everything you do for about six months to a year. You go to the next place. And that was a respectable thing. If you had a journeyman come through, you showed them respect. Now everybody's so worried about because you don't have a contract or you're not with specific initial companies or whatever it is that, you know, they put no respect on that. You're just an unsigned guy. And they, and they give you all the respect of that. And mm. I, I think of 
of terms like that, and I want to put respect back on them. So that's why, like, I bring journeyman to my chest. I bring good hand to my chest because I want it to mean something again when people say those things. So that's where most of that comes from. Awesome. Steve, Matt, you got well, I mean, I know we're going to get Ron on here in a second. So, Shug, I mean, where, like, where, where are you going to be soon, and where can people check you out? I mean, tell us about the cruise thing and all the rest of it, because, you know, a lot, lot of chances on. to see you coming up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, things are thinging, as they say. Uh, so the Jericho cruise uh, is coming up in October. Um, it's a little surreal. I get to be one of the special guests there, so it's a little weird having, like, Ted DiBiase and Kurt Angle and then, oh, Pineapple P. It's weird. It's weird. Like, like one of these things is not like the other, you know. But, um, <laughs> you know, we're going to roll with it. We're going to roll with it. I mean, I, I, I didn't pick it. I didn't pick it. They just ran with it. So um, definitely in October if COVID doesn't strike that down. Um, I've been vaccinated, so everything's all good. I'm ready for that. Um, Tampa, uh, six shows. Thursday is Flophouse, and then I'm going to be helping out at For the Culture, um, GCW For the Culture. Friday is going to be Action and Sup for the Independent Wrestling Showcase. I got a surprise show after that, so you'll see when you see. And then the other GCW Generation Championship Wrestling at um, 8-ish or whatnot, we run this town. Um, title match, me and Chuckles the Clown, me and Chuckles the Clown, and Stunt Marshall for the championship. And then Saturday, um, a match that I'm actually super excited about, I get to go back to Beyond Wrestling again, and um, it's me versus Allison Kay. And I think she's one of my top ten favorite unsigned talents, male or female, and we get to go one-on-one, and I'm super excited about that because I know she knows how to uh, whip ass very properly, and I do too. So this is going to be good. Great. Nice. Nice. Yeah, and you were well, just talking about how they frame women earlier, so this is this is a, a chance to be able to do that. It's just two athletes, man. We're just gonna go for it. Great, excellent. Well, we gotta have you on again sometime soon, man. Thank you so much. I, I what I wanted was for you to speak your piece, and I'm glad you got to, and just tell your stuff without me and Larry getting in the way so much. So I'm really glad you came <laughs> on. Yeah, no worries, man. You're good. It's worth it. And I would love to come back anytime you can have me. So thank great. you. I appreciate Thanks. it. Y'all be great. I appreciate you coming by tonight. Thanks for stopping in. No worries. Holler back. All right. I believe the man of the hour is in the wings. What's up, guys? Yes, the hardcore giant himself, the man, the secret man for whom wrestling in Florida revolves with Ron Miami. Ron, you're doing good? Yeah, I'm doing good. I've been, uh, as you know, because you've been talking to me, I've been so stressed out leading up to this uh, showcase of the independence, but everything seems to be in place and a lot of people stepping up to help, uh, including you. Uh, so this is really going to be a big week and I'm really excited. Uh, there's so many matches that it's pretty cool following Shug. Uh, and here now he's going to be involved that weekend. I haven't seen him in a long time since going way back to the early days of the Jeff Peterson Cup. Uh, I've known Sugar Dunkerton since way back then. So oh, my cool. gosh. Yeah, yeah. I guess I don't have it in front of me right now, but he was on one of the early ones and uh, really stood out. You know, I've always had, as Larry knows uh, from going way back, 
Uh, I've always had my eye on the Georgia scene. You know, even though I was rooted in Florida, uh, I knew who was what and who was doing what in Georgia and always did my best to bring them down, starting with, you know, the boys from Wildside, uh, Blackout and AJ Styles and David and Rick and Jimmy Rave and even JC North and a lot of those guys were cool enough. Sal Renaro came down several times. Uh, we had a really cool thing between IPW Hardcore Wrestling and Wildside back then. Ron, it's a, it's a pleasure to speak with you. And I got to ask to what you attribute your incredible longevity with this stuff. Uh, I'm guessing more than likely severe mental issues would be at the top of the list. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm a glutton for punishment would be second. And I have a wife with extreme tolerance levels that, you know, she's been with me literally this entire run. I broke in in 91 and her and I were together. I want to say it was around 92. So she's been with me the whole time. Uh, I won't even say she puts up with it. She just knows it's part of the deal. And literally, I, I don't, I don't, I don't bullshit anybody. I'm never gonna quit. Uh, I won't ever say I retired because I really don't consider this a, a career. Because I've always had shoot jobs to mm-hmm. make sure I'm able to do what I. I'm able to do what I do because I make a living on the uh, on the outside of the business too. But uh, if if the phone stops ringing, I'll just start running again. It's as simple as that. I mean, I'm never. <laughs> I love wrestling. I mean, it's, it's a fact. I mean, I love there's, – there's, you know, two things in, in my life that I truly love, and it's, it's my family and wrestling. That's the end of the list, you know, and I'll, I'll never leave either. Mm. Nice. Well, well, Ron, you know, you and I have had conversations about, you know, where I'll pick your brain. I'm just going to put you on the spot here. Um, with, with no shows happening last year at WrestleMania – and this year, it feels like there's a thousand happening. <laughs> like uh, today, Ron and I were supposed to have lunch, but he was so fucking busy. I just took the time since I was already in Tampa. I just drove around and checked out different venues that I wasn't familiar with. And it really put a finite point on, God, there's so many people running shows. Now, like IWTV has their block, which I think will do fine. The, the real GCW, I think, will do fine. Um, what is your prediction overall with how these shows are going to do? Because you have usually such a good sense of how things are going to go. You know? I, I truly believe, in, and I haven't kept this a secret from anybody, I'm here, and I've got my finger on the pulse of, of what is and isn't going on. And I really believe, for those of us that have been around for quite a while, there's going to be stories coming out of this weekend. Instead of the promoters slipping out the back door with the money, they're going to be slipping out the back door with their lives. It is going to be epic bombs. It really oh, is. Oh, really? I'm not, yeah. I'm not with yeah, – hey, guys, there's nobody coming in from overseas. That European yeah. and Asian tourist money that comes in with WrestleMania every year, it's not coming. And what everybody else has failed to realize, this is locally too, not just, not just people coming in from out of town thinking they're going to strike it rich. This is the Wild West down here. And I've, go to, I've been going to comedy shows the whole time. I've been going to concerts. I've been running wrestling shows and working wrestling shows while the rest of the country is shut down. The rest of the country is still pretty much shut down or people are at least subscribing to that idea. And they're not coming. 
And I really believe, and I think I'm going to be proven right in about three or four days, This these tickets that are sold for WrestleMania, I believe it's like any other big event. I believe that that's all ticket brokers that have bought those tickets. It's ticket the brokers, second, Ron, it is. It is. Mm-hmm. And the secondary market is going to get flooded, and I bet you on Friday – You'll be able to walk, you'll be able to buy tickets to Mania for ten bucks, and I really believe that. And uh, nobody's coming. Uh, a lot of the name shows that have followed, uh, you know, Joey Janela's Spring Break. Now Ali Cat's got her own show. AJ's got his own show. Jimmy Lloyd's got his own show. Effie's got his own show. Uh, for the most part, you can get second row tickets, and in some regards, front row tickets uh, to a lot of those shows. And that's no reflection of the cards that everyone has put together. There is so many, including our showcase. Everything's loaded. Uh, the first sign that I've kind of noticed the chink in the armor of this thing is the food truck GCW not buying Hammerstone's flight and his hotel and him announcing yesterday that he was canceled. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen on my social media uh there was a news article that was really well done highlighting the weekend of indies that are coming up and Yahoo news picked it up and it really got a lot of play. Every one of those deals, it's Hammerstone as the focus, the front, you know, the big pitcher right in the middle. He ain't even going to be here because they decided to not, you know, this guy's a star. He's, he's a legit star that lives, eats and sleeps wrestling and deserves more respect than being booked and then having his flight not booked. Dude, guys, you know as well as I do, you can fly anywhere in this country for next to nothing nowadays. So yeah. I would say that's the first sign of what's to come. Uh, and these shows, everybody on this uh, show has either put together shows or ran, uh, ran me back and helped put together payroll or have had some type of exposure. I'm looking at these shows, and unless everybody won the lottery and I didn't know it, uh, or maybe they all were GameStop uh, stock barons. I don't know. But <laughs> how they're going to afford to take these losses, I don't know. And it's going to be brutal. I'm lucky. All I did was I got the relationship with 8-1 Bay and then, of course, the pawn shop in Port Ritchie. Uh, all I had to do was, you know, ask the favor and, hey, what do you guys think of doing this? And IWTV stepped up, and they're the ones behind this whole thing. And it's all about the streaming so if some of our shows are sparsely attended, we're still covered. Everything's good to go. Uh, I do think the afternoon shows for everybody is going to be extremely difficult, uh, mm-hmm. included. You know what I mean? Uh, I think the bloodbath and deathmatch shows that we're doing, and even more so the then and now show on Thursday night, they're going to do awfully well. And that's the show I'm looking forward to most is Thursday yeah. night at 8. It, it, it's awesome, and it's going to be incredible. Uh, you know, another talking about signs of trouble. Um, I mean, that thing of that the other GCW, you know, it's like Jeremy Gomez and the boot and mm-hmm. heel guy. I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that they're, you know, they put out this story that Jason Rance got 14 of his friends to call the venue to try to get us kicked out. And I went, okay, I know Jason Rance is everybody's whipping boy. I'm like, nothing about that story passes the smell test. Like why would why he would care? Rance care? Why would he care? He's he, first of all he's Teflon, and nobody's figured that out yet. The kid, he smiles and grins and bears it through years of being who yeah. he is, 
everybody knows who he is, and everybody knew who he was before he got busted. Uh, and then years after he was busted, uh, enough people that could beat the life out of you, such as Bruce Santee, made enough noise that at least people stopped renting his ring and booking him or whatever. But this kid has a wealthy family behind him. He literally works in wrestling, some very, very creepy shit that he does, but he makes a living in this business. He don't know what a Jeremy Gomez is. The only time he would have seen Jeremy Gomez is if he, if he would have attracted, maybe, maybe he went to a food truck somewhere in Orlando one day and got, you know, a burrito or an elephant or something, and Jeremy served it to him. You know, that's the only time he would have had exposure to him. I mean, but what that tells me is because those guys have made no bones about how much money they've spent on this show, and it would make you choke. Like, they put up, like, more than 15 grand. I went by that building today, that Egypt whatever. Yes. There's no way. They're they're doomed. They're fucking doomed. It's incredible, but they were doomed last year and were saved by the plug being pulled by, by the coronavirus. A lot of people were. Uh, and, again, I'm, yeah. I'm, not holding my, I'm not holding myself to some higher standard. I'm just safer. And I've got safety nets, and, under, and underneath the safety nets, i got safety nets. And, and I'm always going to be fine. And if I'm not fine, I'm the type that will actually fight. Uh, I'm old school. I'm not afraid to back what I'm doing and what I'm saying. Uh, very, you won't see me online in, in flame wars or heated type deals. Uh, I, I know what I'm doing. I surround myself with people that know what they're doing. I always have good financing these days, uh, and I'm sitting back. The fact that a promoter would think it's good business to even drag up that name and, and, and think that that's a good idea for a storyline, it's pathetic, and, and it waters down what they're trying to do. It doesn't affect me or you guys. But why would you want to associate that name with your shows, even if you're painting him as a heel, which he is every day he wakes up in the morning? You don't need anybody else to point that at him. It's just, I mean, come on, guys, you know. But, but, but you know, I mean, look at this, though. We're, we're all adults here, and we all have our opinions and our feelings. But while everybody knows that particular person should have no place whatsoever in this business – Everybody looks the other way. If it's a wrestler they like, they don't care that they do seminars at that school. Mm. If, it's, if it's a wrestler they like, uh, they'll go buy a ticket to see that person compete. There's people down here in Florida that are you know, very well connected politically, have been elected to office, are former WWE stars, and they have no problem working with this guy. So, you know, again, yeah. while people try to get worked up about him, he literally don't give a shit. And, and I mean, I can't put it any clearer than that. It's a waste of time. Mm. Mm. Uh, Ron, to what do you attribute the um, resurgence of um, hardcore wrestling, deathmatch wrestling? What are your thoughts on that? You know, it's funny because I just, it, it really wasn't that long ago. It might have been with, uh, you know, Steven during one of our lunches where I talk for an hour and then I shake his hand and leave after I'm done. And, he just gets a list and kind of, you know, but uh, it wasn't that long ago to me that it was, especially amongst the, uh, you know, the, the, like, let's say the peer wrestling fans, that it was trash. It was garbage. It was shit show. It was mud show, you know, taken from Cornette or whatever. It was like I missed the memo. They like the hardcore fairy didn't slip the memo underneath my pillow saying, "Hey Ronnie, it's now an art form. 
what? what? An art form? <laughs> Holy shit. I, okay, if that's what you want, you know, but I fucking love it. I've always loved hardcore wrestling. Uh, the deathmatch stuff, uh, while I think I'm a perfect fit for the commentary side of it, it truly legit scares the shit out of me. Uh, and I think that comes across in my commentary where I never <laughs> let anybody, I, I don't let anybody smarten me up to what's going to happen, what the finish uh-huh. is. You know, I do like to have an idea if it's going in a certain direction so I know what story we're supposed to be telling. But when you hear that shock in my voice during these ungodly, just so scary and risk-taking are all these finishes, it, it is because I'm blown out of the water and surprised. And if you're at a live show, you may see me get up and run from the desk around the fucking building just because I can't believe what's just happened and sit back down. Uh, and then I'm blown up for five minutes because I'm completely out of shape, drink too much, and eat garbage food. You know, but but I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's a good question though because while I love it and I know you guys uh, are behind it and everything, it really is strange that just overnight it it almost kind of goes along the lines of like uh, intergender wrestling. I remember the first exposure you know that I had to it was seeing. Chris Dickinson, quite frankly, fucking murdering somebody. And I believe it was on a Beyond show. And he just got insane heat for it. Just insane. Like, people wanted to beat his ass. And good luck with Chris Dickinson beating his ass. But you get my (laughs) point. Now, I mean, have you guys ever looked at – I'm not a fan of this style, okay, just to make it clear. But just because I don't like something doesn't mean I'm so arrogant as to believe others shouldn't. But – I guess in India, there's some insane, like, crazy fixation and love of the intergender wrestling. And these Beyond uh, Wrestling videos are getting, like, 10 and 20 million hits. Have you guys ever looked at the counts? Uh, like, wow. you go to YouTube. Yeah, man, pull up any one of the Beyond Wrestling uh, of the 10,000 intergender matches that they've, you know, presented it's millions and millions and millions of hit and they're genuine. They're real. They don't know how, you know, they wouldn't know how to manipulate the numbers. Like, I don't even know if you can, but I, from what I'm told, almost all of it originates from India for some reason I can't explain, but yeah, mm. man, yeah it, it's not for everybody. When we, when, when IPW hardcore wrestling and NWA wild side, uh, we're putting together just, bloody massacres because what they were doing up in georgia while i called my shit hardcore they were fucking nuts up there too with tank and iceberg and you name it it was some yeah. bloody bloody stuff and it uh, sure was. i loved it i love well it meant something though too we didn't just just go out there and do it for the sake of it it, it was it, there was such a camaraderie and understanding between the fans and the boys and the respect for what they were willing. Not only would our guys, myself included, take abuse that was just way above and beyond the call of duty, our fans, any of you, if you have ever been in the WrestlePlex, would know what I'm saying. If you haven't been there, just imagine like preheating an oven to about 150 or 200 degrees and then sitting in it for three hours while we're putting <laughs> on this thing. And I'm, it really was that bad. And, uh, they were as hardcore as we were. The parking lot was as hardcore as the building. We might have 200 in the building when I could really only fit about 100. We might have that much outside getting fucked up. The pre-show carried on throughout the show and <laughs> after. 
It was not. <laughs> you know, the show was something that happened in between the pre- and post-show parties. You know what I mean? Oh, we got a wrestling show. Let's do it. You know, but in that very same building, we saw AJ Styles against Scoot Andrews. We saw Shinya Hashimoto against Steve Carino. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And uh, Bill Barons was there for some of the biggest matches. And uh, a lot of the cool things I was able to do was because of his influence. And while we never really got along politically and we're total, you guys know him better than I do, but we could not be more of polar opposites. But when it came to wrestling, I really believe we both had an eye for it and uh, respected each other and traded talent back and forth to get a more exposure. Yeah. Speaking of which, I would be, I would be remiss. I'm talking with a bunch of the boys from Georgia and I'm always, you know, claiming that I've got an eye for talent. I still feel I do. You guys have got fucking Logan Creed. And he's not only one of the biggest guys on the independent scene, he's one of the most talented. He's one of the best looking. He's got the hottest valet, who's his wife. This guy has literally got everything, and everybody has missed the boat on him. Uh, MLW signed him, uh, didn't really do a ton. Then they kind of got hot with him. What seems like it was one story arc. I thought that was the start of something huge. It seems like yeah. they've forgotten I don't get it. And, and he's sitting there killing it in Georgia. He'll kill it down here this weekend. Anytime I've used him, he stands out like a sore thumb. And you've got everybody. You couldn't make any money in wrestling. Now you've got Ring of Honor, AEW, Impact, MLW, WWE. Just here, they're, they're all signing everybody. You know, if somebody gets 10 tweets about them, they're signed the next day. Yet Logan's sitting there. You know, I can't say unsigned because MLW's got him under some shitty deal, but he deserves better. And if somebody doesn't get behind him and sign him when his contract expires from MLW, which could not possibly happen soon enough, there's something wrong in wrestling because that guy's the real deal. You know, not to sound like Jim Ross, but if there is a term that applies to look, he is a legit blue chip talent, and he belongs on TV on Monday, Tuesday, whatever goddamn night they want to put him on, he should be on there. You are Absolutely. you are preaching to the choir because, yeah, MLW has not capitalized on that guy, and I thought they would when they signed him. It's like, what are they doing with him? It's Court Bauer. He's not a second or third generation, and he's not a Samoan, and he's not a former ECW. Hey, Logan, you're shit out of luck. If you're not one of the three I just said, you're just there, you know? But the good thing with him – is he just doesn't take no for an answer, and he's no. persistent. He's persistent, but he's professional. Uh, you know, he, he's you know I don't want to go on and on, which I probably already have done. But if 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 I was going to help somebody make it, uh, the problem with me helping somebody is the second my name's dropped, you're doomed. So I can't help you. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember telling that. Uh, you know, it's funny. Suge was talking about something that. I almost forgot. He was talking about nobody's a booker anymore, right? They're matchmakers. Matchmakers, that's what, that's yeah. Gabe, that's Gabe Sapolsky's entire career. Gabe booked dream matches with Ring of Honor, with Dragon Gate, with Evolve. He never booked anything that anybody gave a shit about, but he presented dream matches on everybody else's dime. I could have did that. Stephen Platinum could have did that. Goddamn Larry could have did that if somebody had handed him a, a check. You know, so to hear Suge say that, I'll put a name to that story, and his name's Gabe Sapolsky, and he fucking blew it with Logan Creed, too, because he was right under his nose. 
You know, I don't even get it, man. Well, you guys are getting me all wound up now. <laughs> well, so here I have an off the beaten track kind of question, Ron. So, I mean, this this all gets going tomorrow night, right? Like, you know, you told me it's like, you know, if you can be at eighty one bay at ten and then, you know, Thursday it's in earnest. We're talking twelve hour days minimum, right? Friday and then Saturday night. While WrestleMania is going on, it's going to be the uh, farewell to the pawn shop show. What what are you what are you going to do? Because I mean, you I know I've said it before, but I mean, you work so hard at these damn things, and I'm just gonna, I'm going to get a taste of it, right? And what are you going to do when this is done this weekend? <laughs> like, how are you going to unwind? Are you going to take a little vacation? Um, you know. Well, truthfully, uh, Lloyd Schneider just uh, decided that he is going to buy the event center in the pawn shop from, you know, we recently lost Heath Schneider, and it looked like all that stuff that Heath was in charge of and owned was going to go away. Well, just yesterday, Lloyd decided he's going to buy the event center in the pawn shop from his brother's family. And so I'm going to start booking some dates. You know me. I'm just going to keep running. I'll be calling you saying what day we get. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, man. It, it, you know, no rest for the wicked, guys. It's just I, I'm, I'm extremely anxious, and I really can't uh, just be sitting around doing nothing. Bad things happen uh, to me when I'm like that. So I'm just going to stay busy. Uh, you know, I'll probably catch my breath. I'm thinking maybe on Sunday of getting one of those $3 WrestleMania tickets and taking my son Hunter and going to check that out. But, I'll decide that when the time comes. I'm not really sure, but me and my wife and my kids, we've always got stuff going on. So if I'm not doing something with wrestling or if I'm not working with my shoot job, I'm, I'm, you know, full speed ahead, uh, you know, between, we just went and saw Everclear the other night, if you can believe that over in, uh, over in St. Pete. So if it ain't a concert or a comedian uh, or wrestling or something, I'm always going to be doing something. Nice. Nice. Great. So great. Um, so, so, Ron, I hate to ask you this. Can you give us a sense of the shows that are happening on Thursday and Friday and Saturday that you're going to have a hand in and be a part of? I mean, the, the one really that, I, again, I mentioned that I'm looking most forward to is, is uh, then and now. Uh, it, it, this one, honestly, I've had some of my people ask if I, if I booked a, a part of this show, and I didn't. But when you see Bruce Santee, uh, Steve Madison, John Davis, uh, the return of the Black Nature Boy, Stude Andrews, who's going to be there as a guest. Uh, oh, man. It's got, yeah, yeah, man, it's going to be awesome. Scoot, Scoot really wanted to compete, but he is, I mean, to say he's a perfectionist, if he's not in tip-top condition uh, physically and mentally, uh, he just didn't want to compete because, you know, he was coaching high school football, and uh, his kids are, are big-time uh athletes his wife's a full-time actually his wife is my son's math teacher so they're a bit very busy family and he didn't feel uh, he was able to get in the shape he wanted to compete but the seeds are being planted for that to happen down the road um but he's mentioned <laughs> several times he's mentioned to me that steve madison and lee moriarty match i mean Oof. it's just got everybody that's man and bruce santee and justin kyle three if you guys have oh my seen God. the first two of those, that's some of the best shit to happen in professional wrestling for the last several years 
You got Danny Mapp and Calvin Tankman. You got Dom Greeny and John Davis. You got Tony Depp and Danny Garcia. And even Jake Christ is coming back to take on Nolan Edward. I know you guys love Nolan. I mean, that show is oh. just sick. I didn't mention Danny DeMano and Brandon Kirk. I'm such a big fan of Brandon and Casey Kirk. They're yeah. the ones that I'm looking Other than my guys, they're the two I'm looking forward to seeing the most. And the main event of that show, you've got the Rejects and Neil Diamond Cutter taking on the Carnage crew and the original gangster himself, New Jack. I'll stick with that <laughs> I mean, Ron, really Ron is that an I, is that an IWTV show? Every everything is on IWTV from Eight One Bay that weekend. We've even got shows being streamed that aren't even going to be there live that are in between our live shows. There's uh, there's an H Two O show. There's an AIW show. Uh, there might be something else. I'm not even remembering. There's uh, freelance is involved. Uh, you know, we got. Thursday night at midnight, No Peace Underground out of Orlando is going to be on our deal live, which I haven't got to see them live yet. Uh, but the video I've seen, No Peace Underground, is just insanity, too. So Thursday night, I mean, so I have No Holds Barred at 8, followed up by No Peace Underground at 12. I'm going to be walking out there at 3 o'clock in the morning, probably covered in everybody else's blood, uh, wondering what just happened and be back there again at 10 a.m. <laughs> you know, because we got Southern Underground in actions opening things up on Friday. You know, you guys yeah. are familiar with both groups. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's, it's just loaded. You know, that, then there's a couple of the streaming shows in between that I was telling you about. And then Pit Fighter X, the tournament back-to-back, 8 p.m. and midnight. Uh, I don't know if you guys have looked at the lineup for that. But, I mean, I'm going to give you a little taste of it. Just the first round this is. You got Danny Mapp and Bruce Ante. That promises to be a stiff. You know, that's one of those just apologize to each other before going out there. Justin Kylan, Gary J. Justin's a monster. Gary, as far as uh, you look at his size, and it's deceiving because he's such an incredible striker. Uh, Kevin Koo versus Don Greeny. So you've got two tag partners going against each other. Uh. Oh, yeah, man. That's going to be sick. Calvin Tankman and John Davis. You've got John Wayne Murdoch and Reed Bentley, so you've got two of the rejects going against each other. A lot of this is reminding me of uh, Demolition going against each other at number one and two in the Royal Rumble early on. Which I'm sure you guys <laughs> and yeah. Schlack and Ruben Steele. I don't know. Um, Ruben Steele made just an incredible impression in his debut in ICW, and the fans have demanded him back. And how about this debut? J.D. Drake coming in to take on Nolan Edward. I think that's what oh. I'm looking forward to as much as the Bruce and Danny Maff. And then rounding it out, you got Brett Eisen and Daniel Garcia. So it's just just a bunch of guys. 16 guys are going to come in there and beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. And uh, pit, yeah. just the concept of Pit Fighter X is so cool. You know, where it's in there, it's got the, that real true fight club underground feeling, but then you got the death match aspect of the weapons. Uh, it's going to be great. But my, my deal that I'm looking forward most as far as the shows, that pawn shop show on Saturday night, that's going to be the one to watch. And with John Wayne Murdoch and Eric, Eric Ryan on top, there are going to be gallons of bloodshed on that show, man. It's going to be just ridiculous. And with it being at the pawn shop, you know there's going to be fire. You know there's going to be thousands of light tubes, gusset plates, blood, blood, and more blood. I can't, oh. I can't wait. <laughs> man. <laughs> You got me sold. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. And, if, and, you know, if people can't be there, 
you know, which I do understand. I really do. Just because I, I run around like a maniac, I do understand why people wouldn't, you know, maybe feel safe or they're a little worried about it's too early. Or just subscribe to IWTV and watch all of the shows there for free. Yeah, I mean, 10 bucks a month. I, I, I don't know if you guys subscribe, but I do. Yeah. And it's just I do, thousands, yeah. thousands of hours of content, man. It, it just, yeah. You never have to watch, you know? All of it. I like that Zona 23 stuff out of Mexico. I don't know. I don't know if you all have checked that out yet. But if you like Deathmatch, watch Zona 23. They're they're taking shit to a new level down there. Nice. Well, Ron, I know you're going to be busy, um, and you are busy. I appreciate you coming on. And um, yeah, check out IWTV if you're not going to be there, and if you are going to be there, there's just so many shows going on, and so many people doing so many cool things, but. All the IWTV stuff, I mean, I can't wait to see what it is. I can't wait to see what I'm going to do, frankly. Um, and there's already people asking me. They're messaging me right now, like Matt Griffin, like, oh, are you going to be able to see the action show? <laughs> like, he doesn't realize that I'm going to be there to help them work that show. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's going to be crazy. I'm but Ron, for, I'm, I'm gonna... looking forward to – yeah, I'm looking forward to everything, but – Having you and Jeff and, and, and some of my other older friends involved, is it makes it a little bit more special. Yeah, it's going to be an awesome weekend that I think we'll all be talking about for a long time. Absolutely. And if you want to be a part of that, just hook up at IWTV. And if you're in Tampa, for crying out loud, come by the 81 Bay or the Pawn Shop or any of the other numerous places. Ron and I are going to be running around. I'll have, my, I'll have on my green jacket and probably a worried look on my face. <laughs> if, if anybody uh if anybody out there is listening and they're former military go to vetsticks.org and uh there are some donated complimentary tickets for some of these big shows on there i think they can get up to four of them for a small like almost nothing service charge but uh i know mcdill air force base which is where i was stationed for eight years we always have a lot of fans show up from there but if anyone's listening that's military and they're going to be here Go to vettix.org and come as our guest. We'd be proud if you were there. Excellent. Thank you so much for coming on, Ron. And I will yeah. see you either tomorrow night or tomorrow night late or the next morning very early at the 81 <laughs> I, day. I, yeah. I really appreciate you guys having me on here, and I hope you have uh, me back again. You know, I, I could talk about this forever. Thank you. This was I a delight. It. I'd absolutely want you to have you back, man. Thanks, thanks so right, much. Brother. Thank you. Have a good night. Good night. So, Larry, real quick before we go, uh, Hankins, you still there? Can you hear us? Oh yeah, holding it down. Uh, matchmaker. Hankins. Found out tonight I'm just a matchmaker. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Steve, I, I, I think Ron could out talk you. He might could out talk you and Hankins. Well, I mean, any that he was not lying. Our lunches consist of Ron venting, <laughs> and then and then um, taking turns picking up the check. So <laughs> that's, that's what our lunches are. Um, Hankins, I, I got to ask you um, when you when you're seeing Ron and and did you meet Ron when? Because um, I booked him at PCW. He was there for eleven, eleven, eleven. Managing yes, uh, yes, the Tokyo yes. Monster, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. 
So I, next time you see Ron, just take a good hard look at him because that's going to be you in like 15 years. <laughs> like I, I just <laughs> he was talking. <laughs> As he was talking, like, like you're Jesus you're Christ. already the guy that so many people rely on, and I don't even <laughs> think people like when I tell you, Ron will get mad that I'm even talking about this, but the fact that the pawn shop show is happening is a miracle. Like it shouldn't happen. Like it shouldn't be happening, and the fact that it is happening. I mean, they were promoting that show when they didn't have the venue. <laughs> and w- it was likely they weren't going to have a venue. Ron made that happen. Ron forced that to happen. And again, like, I don't, these shows that don't have, um, you know, a freaking short, angry angel from Michigan, I don't know how they're going to do it. <laughs> I really don't because, um, and, you know, that's Hankins now. Like, Hankins is the guy who, you know, I, like, He's Atlas. He's holding up these shows on his back, and people don't even realize it. Um, you know, I make sure everybody realizes it when I do it. <laughs> you know, I'm looking forward to some of these young guys making it, so I can go like, yeah. Well, here, let me let me let me screenshot these messages back and forth. <laughs> so, so, all right. Predictions really quickly Um, Real quick So predictions So this Wrestlemania Correct me if I'm wrong And if I'm wrong please feel free to discuss it with me Um, The worst build For a Wrestlemania ever In any of them Hands down Can't be debated Um, It's awful (laughs) It's awful Um, Two questions To Hankins and then to Larry First question, um, will the event come across – I'm not talking about how they're going to present it, what they're going to try to spin. I'm talking about at the end of the day, is this WrestleMania going to be seen as a success afterwards? Um, I don't think it can do anything but that because the expectation is so low that if they have a ring and lights and four people – it will feel like a success compared to its build. Mm. Larry, success or no? I think they have so many talented people that as shitty as a job as they've done as, as setting this up, they'll probably be okay. Will it be one of the most memorable ones? No. But will it, get, will it be remembered as a stinker? No, and I don't think that'll be the case either. Cool. Second question. How much wrestling are you going to consume starting Wednesday night to Sunday night? Would you, would, are you Almost none. Mm. Uh, and the, uh, I have a reason for it, it's, and I'm not, like, being cynical, but, like, I didn't even realize I had – booked a trip to Ohio to take my daughter to see a friend of hers, I didn't even realize it was Mania weekend. Like, as I was putting dates on calendars, they did such a shitty job um, that I didn't even realize I was bumping against Mania. Um, I I will go out of my way to catch some of the IWTV stuff because I always enjoy just the, the gorging (laughs) <laughs> just the over-the-top wrestling zone <laughs> yeah. for 14 hours on the TV, and you just sort of graze on it. 
I'll go out of my way to figure out how to watch some of that stuff. And, and Mr. Mania, Plat- Mr. Platinum's getting on camera, by the way. These right. motherfuckers don't know it, Matt. They don't know <laughs> it. But at some point, there's going to be what looks like maybe a serious injury, and a guy in a green jacket's going to run out there first. <laughs> and he's going to save the day. <laughs> they don't know that's happening. I'm calling my spot. <laughs> like, oh, I got you. Especially if it's like Casey or Riley. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh them bitches. I'll save you. I'm, I'll help yes. you. I know you got a husband. I'm sure you but will. He's, ble- he's bleeding over there. Like, don't worry about the man bleeding <laughs> over there. I'm your husband tonight. So I'm <laughs> Larry, are, how much of this? How much are you gonna watch? I'm gonna watch the um, NXTs probably Wednesday mm-hmm. and Thursday. Some of the IWTV, none of the WrestleMania, and I'm probably going to SVW on Saturday night. That's the current plan. Look at this motherfucker. My none prediction of the for me. I mean, it's for, for me, I'm at the mercy of Jeff. I believe we're going to watch almost all the IWTV stuff. Probably no peace tomorrow night in Orlando. And, and plus, that, if I go to that, then I don't have to go and help Ron put up the ring. So I'm, just, <laughs> I'm going to try to go to that no peace. And then, um, and, and Jeff said the number one show he wants to see that's not IWTV related is Planet Death, which it looks insane. <laughs> So I'm going to try to see if I can get us into Planet Death. I, I'm there the second night at WrestleMania. I think it's a coin flip's chance I'm going to sleep through most of it like a boring movie. Because <laughs> I'll be so tired. Yeah. Um, but maybe I'll be so thrilled to be there. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to gauge my reaction. What, is, what am I going to be feeling? Am I just going to be so happy to be at wrestling with I'll, a, with I'll a, with a significant uh, crowd? Outside of, you know, even the pandemic is on, so even taking away from that, just the excitement of seeing the, the big show with people. Um, we're coming up on like the 10th year, the 10 year anniversary of when Mania was here, and it was a dog shit Mania in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, but the sway of WrestleMania will get you on the day. You might think, you might reflect on it and think, well, that was horrible, but I think the sway of WrestleMania will grab everyone at some point. It might not hold, might not hold for two nights, but there will be a time where you get put under the ether and it will all work mm-hmm. because it's Mania. I hope so, because as I said in the commentary, hope, right? I'm still, I still got that hope. And obviously the two of you, we're all too dumb to not have hope. <laughs> that's it. Hankins, what you got coming? What you got coming up, Hankins? What you got coming PCW, up? PCW Friday lot. night. I mean, oh, keep it rolling. We're trying our best to stay on course, stay the course. Uh, we have an inter- intergender heavyweight title match. My God, PCW's never wait. No, we do that all the time. Um, that's <laughs> going on. Brian Blaze versus Nita Monet. April 24th, Hardcore Hell, Matthew Hankins turns 40 in the Anarchy Ring as the tag team champion. Ladies and gentlemen, 10-year-old Matt Hankins is somewhere having a crazy dream. (laughs) (laughs) And Larry, so you said you're you're going to Southern Violence? That's the current plan. I think, I haven't talked to Rob Rod. I think he's going to go to WrestleMania and I'll go to Southern Violence. That's what I'm thinking. Is going to happen. We, we you know see. those. You know those boys. If the, if you're there, Larry, they gon they gonna put on a show for you. 
I think they're looking for the that credibility ring, that brass ring of credibility, and they know that they got to do better. And so I can't well, wait to see. Uh, yeah, I, I, is I'm, that the Proc Towers match? Is 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 Proc and Towers on that card? Yes. And by the way, I'm looking at that. I'm going to analyze that Austin Towers promo he did for that match because I watched 30 seconds of it. And then I went, I need to stop and review this thing. Cause I, in my, I, it the first 30 seconds. I was like, this might be one of our promos of the year so far. Ooh. Which shocked the check shit that out. out of me. Ain't that yeah, something? Yeah. You ride in the car with Matt Hankins a few times and look what happens to you. <laughs> I'm just imagining that dude out with his head out of the out of your sunroof, just like and Hank and, with, and Hank and you rolling down the window and yelling at him. It's just like, oh, put some emotion on it. <laughs> so, so uh, gentlemen, thank you and thank you, Hankins, for stepping in. Larry, Larry ran into traffic yes. and had all kinds of internet issues, but. Hankins and Hankins through. saved us. Yes. As Thank you, sir. Whoa, what a shock. <laughs> Manager <laughs> of the year. Stable <laughs> of the year. <laughs> Biggest weight loss of the year. I mean, these are all the unofficial awards, right? He said, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, gentlemen. Um, I guess Larry, we'll just see what's going to go on in two weeks. Um, I'm my goal is when I'm at all these shows, I'm going to look for some interesting people to hook up with. Not in the way that Platinum usually does, but in a different way of uh, I'll make some connections and see who I can get to uh, maybe be on the tipping point in two weeks. Let's see about that'd that. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Yeah. I've got a few in the wings that I haven't talked about yet, but so we should have some interesting shows coming up. Yes, sir. Well, for Matthew Hankins, I'm Stephen Platinum. And Larry Goodman, thank you to Shug D. Thank you to Ron Niemi. And we'll see you this week at WrestleMania and then in two weeks for the tipping point. Production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingIndustry.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.